You're listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Aren't most health insurer contract offers take it or leave it? Where is there room to negotiate? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is Dan Honchel. Mr. Honchel is the founder and managing partner of Presentia, a consulting firm with over 150 physician clients, helping them to ensure negotiating leverage for achieving increased reimbursement rates. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on here. Well, Dan, as you know, uh, physicians are notoriously lousy business people, uh, myself included. Please help us. Well, I don't know. I, I would probably term it more like they're inexperienced business people. It, obviously, physicians have uh, more on their plate than trying to haggle with managed care companies or the various contracts that their practice uses. You know, for me anyway, it's very intimidating. These companies are huge. They've got an army of lawyers, and it's just little old me in my practice. What tips can you give us? That's a good question. I mean, it, it is uh, very intimidating. I mean, we do this day in and day out, and it can be a little overwhelming for us on the consulting end, too. So common sense, I think, would tell people, and it's usually the question we most often get when we go meet with a potential client, is they'll say, well, it's just little old me. I, you know, I'm just a voice in the dark here. How do I uh, take on these behemoths? And it's a couple of different things. Is One is we stress there, there's just some basic negotiation principles that come into play that can be of use. And it's also just challenging these health insurance companies or managed care companies, challenging them and holding their feet to the fire a little bit, try to hold them a little bit more accountable, and usually it ends up in a pretty good result for the physician, whether it's a one-doctor practice or 80-doctor practice. In terms of some different things that we encourage practices to do or clients to do, is you might get this in a CME course or something like that that they might offer on negotiating, but you want to try to find what are the common interests between a health insurance company and a physician or a physician group. Look at the face of things. There's not a whole lot in common. I mean, you as a doctor, you're focused on your patients and making sure they receive quality care. Health insurance company, quite frankly, there's some interest in making sure their members get good care, but it's more of a profit and shareholder-driven focus that they have. And so I used to work in the health insurance industry side of things, and it, it dawned on me after being a few years in there is that where the common interest is is where the money comes from, and where the money comes from are the employers. The employers are paying the premiums, and that's where all the health insurance companies focus and resources are targeted and because that's where the bottom line gets fatter is from those employer premiums. But then on the physician side, and I noticed this when I was on, on the other side negotiating against physician practices for a health insurance company, is that physicians really don't have a whole lot of interaction with employers. And so uh, a lot of times it's just a one-sided deal. And if, if you can, that common interest becomes the employer's, and if physicians can effectively target employers and not so much involve them in the negotiations, but make them aware of the value that they bring to a health insurance company's provider network, boy, that really perks up the ears of a health insurance company. They start to listen. First, they don't really like it when a physician is talking to employers, but there's not a whole lot they can do about it and a whole lot that they'll say about it. 
And then on the other side, it gives a physician tremendous more leverage when you've got the ear of key employers in the market that are listening to your story, understand where you're coming from, and realize that, hey, you've got to be paid something more than what Medicare is paying you or whatever it is that's trying to be negotiated. So how can we start a dialogue with employers? I wouldn't even know where to begin. That's a very logical question, and the next one that usually comes up And it's pretty simple. I mean, we first try to follow the traditional means of negotiating with the health insurance company. We'll we'll have the practice or we'll go on behalf of the practice and say, we'd like to renegotiate our contract. You know, we're looking for an increase in reimbursements. We'd like to change some language. And in the contract, because the contract governs what's happening between you and the patient there. That's when the take it or leave it pretty much comes, and that's when the insurance company comes back and says, you know, we understand where you're coming from, we we empathize with your situation, but no deal, because they don't have to. And so we'll follow those traditional means, and and then it's at that point we're like, well, I guess the practice really doesn't have any other option where it will notify, we'll send out either letters, we've done it through websites, very innovative ways of informing employers that, hey, we want to let you know there's a situation going on with your health care benefits, and we're sending this letter as an educational piece, and we want to let you know that we're having difficult with the insurance company that you guys use, and here are some of the things that have transpired. We're under-reimbursed. We've tried to negotiate for the last four months, and we've been ignored, and these are just, you know, documented signs that things aren't working as they are, and if they don't change, then uh, either we've had practice say, well, if they don't change, that Mr. Employer or Mrs. Employer, we're going to have to leave the network, or we're going to have to start charging an administrative fee on top of the premiums that you and your employees are already paying. And this is a very simple letter, and usually make it no more than a page, a page and a half, really just detailing your grievances, but in a very professional and educational way and making the employer aware of them. And to the T, so far, three years running, employers are very willing to contact their insurance representative and say, hey, can you guys take care of this? Will you please negotiate with them? Because from an employer's perspective, and and we've talked to some locally, whether it be P&G or even some bigger ones like a, a Kroger. I don't know if you have Kroger up there in Idaho or not. They've got some bigger employers, they take interest in this because from their vantage point, and healthcare is very unique in this, is that any other industry, they negotiate. Whether you're a a single person vendor or a large company, they negotiate. Now, you may not get much out of their negotiations, but they'll at least make the efforts, and they're astounded that this dynamic that exists between physician and managed care company is out there, and they're not willing to put up with it from their vendor, from the health insurance company, and they'll take the doctor's side nine out of ten times. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is physician advisor Dan Honchel. So, Dan, how do the health insurers feel about your approach to negotiations? It depends who you ask. And knowing that health insurance companies, a big cost control center for them, when you look at their books, is their provider networks. I mean, they, they can really control costs based on the reimbursements that they contract with different physicians. So, 
Some of the bigger ones we've dealt with, like WellPoint and Humana, let's say, those two in particular really don't care for it. They're like, you know, we don't like you contacting our employers and different things like that. They've been pretty aggressive and going against that. But that said, they ultimately have to answer to the employers. And if a physician group is willing to kind of toe the line and hold their place and not blink, so far to date, we've had 100% results in physicians getting an increase in the reimbursements and pretty significant ones, too. So it sounds like all of this work is worth it. It's a risk thing because, it, you know, it's kind of interesting is that physicians start getting into this and, you know, they have to be aggressive and we, we want to help them. We'll be the aggressors for the physician because obviously time and energy needs to be spent on patients and we'll be the aggressor for them. If they're willing just to kind of hold their place and toe the line and let us kind of go after this and, and do our thing with the insurers, the insurers are usually going to balk on their end and they're going to end up negotiating and providing those increases. And when you look at a physician's book, I mean, from the physician groups that we've dealt with, private insurance usually makes up about 50% of their revenues. And if you're willing to kind of tough it out there for four to six months, to be able to increase 50% of what constitute your practice's revenue seems well worth it. So how does your group, uh, Presentia, then get compensated? Well, we do it a couple ways. With bigger practices, like, for instance, if we recently finished up helping about an 80 doctor group and for them we'll usually charge it just a flat fee or charge on an hourly basis. For smaller practices realizing that it's much more difficult to have the capital and resources to pay off a flat fee basis, the way that works is we'll say We'll negotiate these contracts and handle your contracts for you. But, Dan, uh, you know, let's face it, doctors aren't poor. Um, is there really a need to negotiate? Well, first, we stress, look, take a look at these contracts, and we know that everybody finds contracts pretty boring, and you just want to sign them and get on with what you really love to do in dealing with patients. But if you can make a physician group realize that, look, these contracts control the relationship that you have with your patients. And so these contracts have a lot to say about the current healthcare system that we have. And so if you're willing to dedicate some minimum resources to that and also looking at these contracts really govern 50% of the revenue that's coming into your office, if you're willing to look at it from that perspective and for what these things really are, regardless of whether they're poor or not, it just makes good business sense to do it. The issue that comes up is that you've got a doctor, especially, and all the respect to them, but you're, you're more specialized surgeons and what have you, as opposed to primary care, they're going to make a lot more money, sometimes three or four times more money. And, you know, quite frankly, they don't care. They're still sitting pretty well. But if you can get them to look at it just purely a business sense, the way that the insurance company is looking at it, then it seems well worth it to really go after and try to establish these contracts and increase reimbursement. So do you think it's realistic that physicians could do this themselves? No. When I worked for an insurance company, we knew that the physician specialty was with the patient and that dealing with contracts was just really a a thorn in their side and that they didn't want to deal with it and they didn't have the resources to deal with it. And you got to look at a, a health insurance company. The one I worked at, we had a whole department dedicated to this, millions of dollars of a budget, just focus on how to negotiate with physicians. And the thing that's astonishing is if a a physician 
has some dedicated resource or specialized resource to say, okay, we're going to negotiate back and play ball with you guys, the physician a lot of times is going to come out on top. You end up with a dynamic if a physician is willing to go to bat and to negotiate with some specialization in it and a little bit of resources dedicated to it is that what ends up coming down to for patients and for the employers is they need to choose between doctors and the insurance company. And that's the choice they're left with at the end of the day. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that everybody's pretty much going to choose the doctor. I want to thank our guest today, Dan Honchel. We've been discussing tips on how to negotiate with health plans. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.